You're listening to episode 183 of the Food BizWiz podcast. My name is Gabby, and I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Retail Ready and Food BizWiz. I get to see the questions that CPG founders like you are asking right now and pick timely podcast reairs. Now, Wizzes, if you're listening to this episode right at the time of airing, we're just about one month away from Expo West. Some of you might be planning to attend Expo West soon, so we're resharing episode 130, titled Last-Minute Trade Show Planning, Prepping for Fancy Food, Expo West, and the Good Food Mercantile. As a quick note, don't worry if you're in the process of deciding on whether or not you want to attend other trade shows later in the year. We've linked up other relevant trade show podcasts for you in our full show notes. All right, now back to this episode. You'll want to tune into this episode to hear Ali's key explanations, including why you are your best asset at shows and how you can show up for yourself, why keeping your samples simple makes for success, and why you don't need to rush to contact buyers after each day or even immediately after the show. All right, Wizzes, I can't wait for you to listen in and hear Ali's buyer scoop on all these topics. See you on the other side. I'm Ali Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. All right, my whizzes, as I said in the intro today, we're making that last minute trade show plan. What do you do when you're two weeks out and you just don't have that dialed in plan in place to take advantage of all the potential connections that you're going to make while you're there? What do you do when you've already dropped a whole bunch of money on the booth fees on the flights and the hotels and the educational passes and the display props and the sample prep and on and on and on? But there's a little voice inside your head wondering, will it be worth it? Here's what you do. You keep it simple. First, let's start with this comforting fact that you don't need to spend a whole bunch more money to make it a success here. If you've been following me for a while, you've heard me say this time and time again. Your best resource for trade show success is free. You are your biggest, best asset here. Your charming personality, your big smile, your in-depth knowledge about your brand are your biggest selling points. And those are absolutely free. Well, yes, I do want to pause and acknowledge the fact that yes, you should be calculating the cost of your time and factor that into running your business. After all, you deserve to be valued and paid. My point is that the biggest advantage that you have at trade shows does not have to have a hefty price tag on it. It's not something that you need to order from a supplier or have custom printed or pay a design agency for or rent for the show. It is you. We can all agree that trade shows can be a drag, especially as you're approaching day three and your energy starts to wind down, your display might start looking a little weary, and that last round of buyers coming through are less than engaged. 
But you, you want to be that shining star on the floor. You want to be engaged with everyone who passes by. You want to move around from to the front side of your booth, holding that tray of prepared samples and engaging folks before they have the chance to move past your table. I want you to let go of this belief that trade shows success is out of your hands, that it's all about who just happens to walk by and if you catch them at the right moment and if you're in the right place at the right time. I want you to let go of this idea that bigger brands have an advantage at these shows and that you don't have the budget, that if you don't have the budget to custom build a display to capture attention, that you're going to have a less than stellar experience at the show. Maybe you don't have the best location on the trade show floor and you feel like no one's going to find you. While yes, these may feel like truths and limiting factors for you, when you are stuck in this belief that belief that success is completely out of your control, you are not stepping up to the plate and taking responsibility for your performance at the show. So how does this statement that you are your biggest, best free resource that contributes to your trade show success play out in a last-minute trade show plan? It means that you put a plan in place to make sure that you have time to recharge, relax, and take care of yourself on the trade show floor. I know you're thinking, yes, it's easier said than done. I wish I could do that, Allie, but hear me out. It can be as simple as packing a padded floor mat so you're not standing on concrete for three days in a row and you actually have energy to engage. It can be as easy as packing your own lunch making sure that you pack foods that will make you feel energized and healthy instead of planning on eating samples as your meals. It could be making time to get in a walk or do a yoga class before the show so that you're level-headed. It can be bringing along your partner or hiring local assistants for the show so that you can take bathroom breaks or get that extra time with the VIP buyer or say yes to the impromptu lunch date. I want you to take step number one, of your last minute trade show plan and write out all of the things that you can do for yourself, that you're committed to doing for yourself during the show days so that you have the energy to engage and stay smiling and present throughout the show. While this may seem too simple or may seem like the last thing that you should take time to do when you're trying to coordinate the printing and the samples and the flights and the logistics, this might be the thing that makes or breaks the show for you. Don't skip this step. And I'll remind you of this. There have been so many times that I've walked trade show floors and I see business owners who simply aren't engaged. They're looking at their phones. They're chatting with their booth mates. They're sitting down for a break and they've got their back to the aisle. They're pretending to re-merchandise their booth so they don't have to engage. It's wild. Your single job is to engage at this show. And while it might be painful or mind-numbing or boring at times, get through it. Keep your eyes up, your head high, a smile on your face, and you will have far, far more success engaging with buyers. Now, that's not to say that you don't need that professional sell sheet and to think out your introductory offers and your promo plan and all of that. You do. I'm not going to sugarcoat it there. You need those things. But the thing that you have the most influence over and the day-to-day of the show is yourself. 
Okay. So that's number one. Let's keep moving to number two. The fact that you can and you should go easy on the sampling plan. I'm going to talk about this in a minute, right after a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is supported by my free workbook on 100 wholesale buyer knows. Why would you want a list of 100 heartbreaking reasons why a buyer says no to your product line, or frankly, why they never call you back in the first place? Well, when you anticipate the no, you can prepare your rebuttal, and that's exactly what I'm walking you through in this free download. Find it directly in the show notes, and you are going to be one step closer to getting those wholesale buyers to trust you, trust your product line, and place a first order. All right, we are back, and we're going to talk about step number two of your last-minute trade show plan. That is the fact that you can and should go easy on the sampling strategy. So let me give you this example from a client that I had years and years ago. You may have heard this before. And here's what they did before we started working together. They made this line of really delicious barbecue sauces, and they went to one of the big shows in their first year of business. They really wanted their samples to shine, so they made three different versions of sliders to highlight their three sauces and how they worked with different proteins. So they had the pulled pork, a barbecue chicken, and a brisket. And then they had it like one was loaded with slaw, one had melted cheese, one had pickles. I mean, you, you can imagine. They had this whole plan in place on how they were going to make the most delicious samples and how they were going to have the most mouth-watering smells wafting down that trade show aisle. In theory, you know, they weren't that far off. However, the plan flopped. Can you guess why? Well, it flopped for a few reasons. On the most basic level, this is a really big takeaway. They failed to realize that buyers are typically at trade shows for days on end. They sample tons of product. They fill up on snacks and candy and beverages and cheese and meats and desserts and on and on and on. (laughs) They are eating all day long. The last thing that a buyer wants to do is walk up to your table and present it with three different sliders to taste in order to sample your product. They simply don't have room, like physical room in their belly. They don't have an appetite left to samples, to sample things that are that large. The other problem here is that while those sliders may be delicious, they don't let the product shine on its own. You guys, buyers are professional tasters. They don't need to taste your sauce on a piece of chicken in order to recognize the quality. From there, prepping the sliders meant they had to hire and train additional staff in order to accommodate the labor that was involved in executing it on the show, on the show floor. They had to bring in additional equipment that was unnecessary. They had to pay for additional um, electricity and, and utilities on the trade show floor. Their sample cost skyrocketed. They were stressed (laughs) executing this complicated sample plan. And to what end, right? To have the buyers pass on tasting these sliders because it was too much food. So I think you're following along with my point here. Buyers can, and they should, sample your product straight. They're snacking and they're sampling all day long. So no need to overcomplicate it here. Hand them your nut butter or your maple syrup or your chia jam or your chocolate sauce directly on a spoon or in a prepacked container, of course, depending on the COVID restrictions. If you have something that's like a powdered drink, yeah, mix it up straight for them. If you have a snack, let them try it unadulterated. 
The only product that you might need to prepare is if you have something like a dry spice blend or an adaptogen powder or a supplement like collagen powder or something that isn't truthfully (laughs) appropriate to lick off of a spoon. In that case, you can do a very simple preparation. I would even argue sometimes it's not even necessary, but again, don't overcomplicate it for all of those reasons listed above. In fact, with the changing requirements around what you can and can't sample, and if you need it covered or pre-portioned or whatever it is, whatever it means to be for health purposes, right? You might be forced to dial it back. And I believe that we can see that as a good thing here. It levels the playing field and it forces you to keep it simple. All right. So use that information as you form your last minute trade show plan, dial back your sample strategy, and you will see a bigger return as more people will actually try your product. You'll have lower cost of goods and you'll have less of a headache in the actual prepping and execution involved. I'm betting that you guys are going to thank me after these shows. And then lastly, our last piece of this last minute trade show plan is is dispelling something that I hear all the time. And this is the idea that you need to be the fastest person to follow up with buyers. I'm here to take the pressure off. So I hear this over and over again. It is astonishing how many many consultants share this information that you must be the speediest person to follow up with a buyer. And that shows your commitment that you want to be that first email they receive upon getting back to their desk after the show's over or getting back to their hotel room that night after you met them on the trade show floor. Okay, here's the real talk. I'm gonna set your mind at ease and tell you that this is a lie. This is not true. And you can definitely chill out a bit here. And I'm gonna say that with the disclaimer that you have to have a thoughtful follow-up strategy in place. You do need to be timely in your correspondence, but you don't have to go back to your hotel room every night of the conference and rattle off a whole bunch of half-hearted emails, copy and paste templates. You don't have to pay for Wi-Fi on your flight home and jam out, crank out a bunch of follow-ups just because you think you need to do that. So use that time, the evenings, the trade show evenings, or the flight home, or the weekend after the show to recoup and breathe. Or here's an idea. Use that time to take notes on what worked really well on the trade show floor and what you would do differently next time. Take those notes while they're still fresh in your mind. You'll be happy that you had them when you start prepping for that trade show again a few months later. So let's talk about why you don't need to be the fastest person to follow up after the show. I'll paint a picture for you and I'm gonna use myself as an example. So when I was a buyer, let's say I would fly to Expo East, previously in Baltimore, now in Philly, was flying there from San Francisco where I live and where I was a buyer. So the show typically starts on a Wednesday. So I would fly on a Tuesday and attend the show from Wednesday to Friday. I would fly home on a Saturday. I would hopefully take the day off on Sunday, not always. And I would get straight back to work on Monday. At that point, Truthfully, it's been a full week since I've been at my desk. I used to get dozens of emails a day, but for this example, let's say I got a very modest two dozen emails a day. 24 emails times seven days away from my desk is 168 emails sitting in my inbox and waiting for me. If you met me on the trade show floor on Wednesday, that first day of the show, and you popped off an email that evening, hoping to be the first person in my inbox, 
you are now down there at the bottom sitting below 140 other emails that have come in after yours. And here's the thing. I haven't been at work all week. So I have a mountain of sell sheets sitting on my desk. I've got a pile of business cards and, and beyond that, beyond that trade show stuff, I've got to catch up on all the work that I missed when I was away. Staff reviews, re-merchandising projects, category management, bringing in new products that were already waiting in the pipeline. Maybe I'm running floor shifts. I used to do that a lot. So the truth is I'm not even looking at adding your product into my assortment until I catch back up on all of my outstanding tasks. Long story short, buyers are playing catch up and your super prompt email is now getting buried deeper and deeper into their inbox. So what if you change your strategy? The last part of your last minute trade show plan is to chill out on the urgency of the follow-up. I give you full permission here. Catch your breath. Those buyers are likely doing the same thing. Give it a moment. Wait a week and you will have much, much more likely of a chance that that buyer actually sees your email at the top of their inbox when they're feeling a bit more back to normal and caught up with their workload. So from there, yes, you've got to have that dialed in strategy for follow-up in place. We spend so much time talking about this inside of Retail Ready, our online course coaching and community, and there really is an art to it. Ensure that you are crafting that perfect email that resonates with the buyer, that you've got that fantastic sell sheet and price list that actually captures attention and interest, that you've outlined a thoughtful introductory offer and promotional plan, all of those things. (laughs) If you're in retail ready, come back to us. We will help you here. Outline that plan so you are not just winging it and you will be much more likely to land those accounts and manage them stress-free moving forward. Okay, so that is the outline of the last minute trade show plan. Let's recap from the top. First, remembering you, your best resource for trade show success is free. You are your best resource. Your personality, your smile, your knowledge is the key to success here. So put a plan in place in order to protect yourself, protect your time, giving yourself time to rest and recoup and show up as proud as you can be. Secondly, you can and you should go easy on the sampling plan. Buyers are tasting all day long at these shows. Make it easy for them to want to try your product. Make it easy on yourself to execute your sample strategy. And then third, third and final, you should not be, should not feel pressure to be the fastest person to follow up with those buyers. Give them and yourself time to catch your breath after those shows. So you will be more likely at the top of their inbox when you follow up with them, you know, with a bit of delay. Okay, my whizzes, I hope that gives you some things, some some stress relief here as you think about prepping for these upcoming trade shows. Take care of yourself during this busy time and remember that protecting yourself and your energy is of utmost importance. From here, come and continue the convo with me inside of our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. I'd love to know where you're stuck with trade show planning, and we'll make sure to point you with the right resources to those right resources for your brand. So thank you as always for listening, and I'll see you right back here next week. Bye. Hey, Wizzes. Welcome back. What did you think about Ali's last minute prep tips? Will you be using these tips at an upcoming show? 
DM Ali on Instagram at It's Ali Ball and let us know. And join our conversations on food shows in the Food Business Facebook group. Both Ali's Instagram handle and Food Business Facebook group are linked in our full show notes, as always. As I mentioned earlier, if you're looking for information to decide whether you're ready for a trade show or are looking to prepare for food, sh- food trade shows further in the future, be sure to check out the other podcast episodes that we've linked in our full show notes. That's all we have for this week, Wizzes, but we'll see you next week for episode 184. Bye! Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.